Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for listening to my wife and I. Today we are discussing spiritual warfare. Now Christians are always engaged in spiritual warfare, but it's not what most people think. It does not involve pulling down strongholds over entire cities or fighting large worldwide battles. It's a personal fight of faith and a battle that goes on in our minds. You know, it's just like Daniel, Daniel chapter 9 and 10, he was praying uh, because he knew that God was about to release the Israelites, but they, they've been in bondage for 70 years, and he was repenting on behalf of Israel. And, um, I mean, he spent a lot of time repenting and talking about how good God is and how he's always kept covenant, but they didn't, and, and would God forgive them? So he was praying for the nation. And after a uh, prayer, an angel showed up and said, Daniel, I sent an answer to you the first day you started praying. I was delivered to give you the message, but I was captured by the prince of Persia and held in captivity for 21 days. So uh, then Michael came and freed the angel. So the point is, he wasn't, Daniel was not binding strongholds or uh, binding the enemy or anything like that. He was just repenting. And then the uh, angel was released. So that, that, that's the point of that. Yeah, thing. that's a great story because it gives us a lot of insight to what is really going on. Right. right? And yeah. when we're praying and how angels are dispatched, but evil spirits or demons, fallen angels, whatever you want to call them, they can be resisting right. our answer. Right. And, the, the right? Angel and the angel had the answer and was sent, but he was kidnapped. I mean, that's just amazing. So anyway, that's the point of that. That's so true, Bill. So we need to recognize that we have a spiritual enemy. Too many Christians are not aware of this fact, and therefore there is no resistance to the devil. There are demonic spirits watching us to find an entrance into our lives to harm and destroy us. And we see uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Notice he cannot devour everyone, but only someone who is not alert, not watchful, and ignorant of his ways. Boy, that's clear. You know, we must realize that the devastating storms, sickness, disease, and even a loss of a long child, a young child, it all comes from the demonic realm. You know, if we don't know this, we will falsely accuse God of a loss. You know, you might say, well, God allowed it. Well, God allowed what we allow. Uh, God allows what we allow. Many times the evil we experience is because of our wrong choices or our lack of obedience or our lack of knowledge. You know, there are consequences for our actions. Yeah, that's true, Bill. And sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen world. Right. And there's evil and, and evil people. That's right, right. So it's not just, could, not just always our fault, so to speak. But Jesus made it clear in John 10.10 uh, he, who's behind all the stealing, killing, and destroying. It's the devil. That's true. And 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 reads, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments or imaginations, 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So he's telling us right there, did you hear that? We immediately cast down every wrong thought that is in opposition to God's commands and his promises to us. We must do this with our words. One of the most prominent ways Satan attacks us is through fear. And people fear all kinds of things. If he can't get you trapped in fear, if he can get you trapped in fear, it will rob you of your faith. And throughout the Bible, we are commanded to fear not. The only thing we are instructed to fear is God. If we don't fear him, we will fear everything else. That's right. You know, Bill, and that reminds me too, like, um, I believe I've shared this before, but one of the days that I was, this was years ago, but I was watching too much news. I was reading too much news and I was watching too much news. And I, I still have to temper myself on that because um, I tend to look at headlines and right. then you just go, okay, need to pray for that, right? right? But you do need to step away from it. And I was just feeding on too much news and it was bringing fear to me. I remember sitting on the computer and literally being gripped with fear to the point where it started physically manifesting in my body, almost where I felt like I was having a panic attack. Right. And uh, I remember you walked in the door and I had like a tear in my eyes, like, can you pray for me? And um, we took authority. You prayed and cast out the spirit of fear. I repented first because I realized the Lord was showing me this is what, you know, brought the fear into your life is, is feeding on this too That's much. Right, right. So I repented first. That was the first step. And then you prayed, took authority, and then I was fine. Right, right. Well, the Bible calls fear a spirit, a demonic spirit. It can torment your mind and influence you to behave illogically, even in harmful ways towards yourself and others. It will eventually affect your health and invite disease into your body. You know, have you ever considered that worry, anxiety, and panic are all different intensities uh, or levels of fear? You know, while they may have different names, they can all produce the same feeling of dread and despair over our lives. Fear in all forms of it, whether real or imagined, can produce a strong physical reaction within our bodies. You know, Job 4.14 states, Fear came upon me and trembling which made all my bones to shake. And then Proverbs 12:25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. That's a powerful verse, Bill. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. And look how medicated the world is, That's you right. know, just because of anxiety and fear. So you true. Know? And why does it matter if we gain control over the fear that tries to invade our lives? Will the fear really cause that much damage? And the answer is yes. Fear robs us of peace, faith, and joy. It is a deceiver. Fear is not from God, and he does not want any of his children to be in bondage to it. When fear is attacking our minds, we must say, fear, you go. You must go in Jesus' name. Then we speak the promise from God's word, such as what's found in 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And Philippians 4.6 tells us what to do. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition or definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. That's right. 
you know, and like it says in First Peter five nine, resist steadfast in the faith. And then First Timothy Timothy six twelve says, fight the good fight of faith. So the faith is like you said, casting down the imagination, the evil thought, you know, of unbelief. So that's that's our spiritual warfare. Yes, and it's so so important. I think that gets underplayed or or watered down so many times. But just think about it: all the people that go to hell, it started with a thought. Right. It started with a thought in their mind. No, I don't believe that. No, I believe this. Or, you know, some kind of deception. It all started with a thought. That's true. Or I know more than they do. Or, you know, their pride or whatever. So just think about that. Right. So we all need to understand our authority uh, in Christ. You know, we have authority over the demonic realm. We have to cast down the imaginations and run the devil off with the word of God. But, you know, I want to share something the Lord showed me during my 23 minutes in hell experience. Well, one of the questions I had in my mind uh, involved demons that I saw. Some of the demons were enormous in size, 12 or 13 feet tall, with tremendous strength. They, They looked so frightening, you know. But after Jesus appeared to me, you know, I had the thought, those demons are so powerful. And he answered my thoughts. Um, and he said, all you have to do is cast them out in my name. Now, suddenly they appeared to look like ants on the wall. I mean, I looked and they just looked like tiny ants on the cavern wall. Uh, even those that had appeared to be enormous in size now appeared so small. And I wondered why. Well, I believe the Lord was showing me that when we use the name of Jesus, demons are nothing and no match for the name of above all names. You know, they are not to be feared just as we would not fear an ant. That's such a good uh, description, Bill, and an illustration. Wow. You know, God did, he gave the church and all believers authority over demons. Even the baby Christian has the same authority. And knowing that, we need to learn to exercise our authority and avoid many of life's problems. Satan's desire is for us to doubt God's word and be weakened. And God's desire is for us to know his word and walk in faith. You know, and the problem, Bill, is also stated in Mark 4.15, which says, Satan comes immediately to steal the word sown in our hearts. Boy, immediately. Immediately. So, you know, that's by hitting our minds with fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, all those things. And it's, you know, if he can take the word from us, we are more likely to sin. And, you know, we don't, I think a lot of times as Christians realize fear is a sin. Worry, doubt, anxiety, all that is a sin to be repented of. And the devil wants us to sin because it separates us from God. And then God can't speak to us. I mean, he is trying to, but we're not listening now because we're, we're entrenched in this fear and he can't give us his blessings. But the, but the solution is found in Psalms 119, 11, where David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So the more we get God's word into our heart, where we really know it, it's going to spring forth up in our minds, right? When we're in a battle, the less we're going to sin. Because the Holy Spirit's going to bring the word now to our remembrance and what to do. You know, but it's interesting. How is the devil able to steal the word out of our hearts? Well, that's answered in Matthew 13, 19. It says, if anyone hears the word of God and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. So the verse tells us that we must have understanding in order to keep the word from being stolen. Well, how do we get understanding? 
Psalms 119.104 states, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And then Psalms 111.10 says, A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. And one more verse, Proverbs 15.32 says, He that hears reproof or uh, receives correction gains understanding. Okay, so we see that we get understanding by reading God's word, by doing God's word, and by receiving correction from God's word. So I think that's really important for us to understand So that. it's obedience. Right. Right. So once you get the word in your heart and understand uh, your authority over the devil, you won't put up with his nonsense anymore. You know, Bill, and the devil came three times to Jesus, and Jesus ran him off by saying, it is written. And then he quoted the word of God to oppose Satan's lie. We must know what the Bible says and store it up in our heart to quote it. That's right. You know, I remember that too when we were in South Africa, Bill, and, you know, we've shared this before, but we were held up at gunpoint, and this was on your birthday. This was the day we were leaving to go to the airport, and we were carjacked. And um, I remember, you know, the word of God, I just got, I was, was so angry. I thought, no, devil, you are not killing us today. That's what I said. I bowed, I yeah. ducked my head so I wouldn't be shot. And I said, no, devil, you're not killing us today. In Jesus' name, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And then I just started praying, praying in the spirit. Right. And um, you were watching the whole thing. Right. But God stunned those men, the angels, like they were like dazed and confused, and enough time for us to go turn to get away. The, the driver turn the vehicle around and get us down right. this really steep embankment. Right. This took place in just seconds. I mean, these guys were pros. They pulled us over and at a place at a precipice where you couldn't get away. It was a steep embankment to yes, get, get one down, lane. Mm-hmm. About 150 feet high. And um and at that fast they jumped out of the car and held each one each side of the car held a gun to our head uh, through the glass and tried to pull the trigger. I saw them try, and the guns were frozen. Yeah, but see, what if we were in fear screaming? Right. Like me and the wife of the driver, she was in there too, was praying. I mean, what if we just started going into a panic and screaming? Guess what? We would have been dead. We would have been dead. Right. They would have shot us. Right. And you, you know, because of our fear opening the door to allow the devil to do his his evil. Right. So we got away. Praise God. That was a miracle of God. That was the Lord big time. You know, and what else must we do to protect ourselves from the devil's attacks? We must live a life submitted and, ob- and obedient to God and his word. And, you know, there's a half-hearted or compromised lifestyle as a Christian, it, you won't you won't escape the devil's traps no. because you'll have no confidence. Your heart will be condemning you because the way you're living and your sin and um, just your compromise. And you're not going to have any confidence or faith to exercise God's word in That's your right. life. That's right. You know, and James 4, 7 says, first of all, submit yourselves to God. So when we do that, we're obeying God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submitting ourselves to God means we obey all of his word and not just the verses we pick and choose. That's right. You know, real quickly, I remember we were buying this home. Um, You know, there was such resistance. I had a lot of escrows and they needed to close for their down payment. And we never... This is before we were in ministry, years before. Right, right. And we had so much resistance, the devil trying to... uh, cancel those escrows or 
bring up problems. And it was, so we had to fight and say, you no. had problem after problem. And it was all coming through people right. in every single transaction. So we bound the devil and all his works and we had to pray and fast and stand strong on the word. Say, no, these are our sales. The devil is not stealing from us. We're not allowing him to steal these these escrows. And part of what gave us that confidence is we were both tithers. Right. You know, we always tithed out of our income. And that's just an area of obedience to the word. And because of that, though, it gave us that faith or confidence, too, because we knew we could stand on those promises as a tither, right? Right. right. It says to tithe and give offerings. Mm -hmm. You know, so we've done those. So we knew we had that confidence in God's word. Not in ourselves, but in God's word. No, not in our performance. This is just obedience to the word. You know, there are many verses throughout the Bible that instruct us how to live. And these verses tell us things we must do in order to stop the devil's attacks, quench his fiery darts, and receive God's blessing. You know, just one example is in Ephesians 6, 2, and 3, which says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So this is a command with a promise. If we ignore the command, we will not uh, it will not go well with us. That's very clear. Right. So this is not, again, about performance, but obedience. Everything we receive from God is by his grace. However, searching the scriptures to be sure we are obeying them doesn't nullify grace. Obeying his word is a result of grace. Grace is not a cover-up for sin. It's an empowerment not to sin. So grace gives us the ability to say no to sin. You know, Bill, and there are many ways that we as Christians can give the enemy an opening into our lives. And one of the biggest is to hold on to unforgiveness. That's right. And 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 says, uh, Paul said, I also forgive for if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So if we don't forgive people, we are ignorant and don't realize that Satan will take advantage of us. And forgiveness is so important. If we don't forgive, then the Father will not forgive us, as Mark eleven twenty six states, and that's big. That's right. So we all need to take responsibility, obey God's commands, and put a stop to the devil in our lives. We don't just pray and ask God to do something about the devil. We run him off ourselves with the word. You know, we must understand our position of authority in Christ. Jesus uh, gave us authority over the devil in Luke 10, 19. He said, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by in any means hurt you. And Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles or schemes of the devil. So we got to read about our spiritual armor in Ephesians chapter 6. We need each piece to protect us. The shield of faith is what will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That is why it is so important to live full of faith. That's right. And increase and grow in our faith. You know, God gave the church authority over demons, and knowing this and exercising that authority will help us to avoid many of life's problems. Right. So Jesus first gave the authority to his 12 disciples. That's in Matthew 10.1. And then he gave the authority to the 70, and that's in Luke 10, 17, and 18. Uh, and then he gave the authority to all those who believe. John 14.12 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do he will do also and greater works than these 
he will do because I go to my father. So Jesus just told us that we could do whatever he did. That's a powerful statement. It is hard to comprehend that we can do the same works that Jesus did, but it's true. Right. And we've seen already, like I gave the verse, Luke 10, 19, he gave us authority over the devil. Yes, and we do them as we are led by the Holy Spirit. We just don't spout off constantly binding the devil. The devil's not behind every bush. Right. (laughs) So we also have to learn about that as well and that, you know, we have to uh, pray, we have to seek God, we have to hear his voice, be led by the Spirit and so forth. And most of the problems we go through is because of our wrong decisions. That's true. That's a good point. I know I've in the past made a lot of them. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Right. You know, the Old Testament prophesied of our authority over demons in Psalms 91, uh, verse 13. It says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. That's right. You know, in the Old Testament, people didn't have that authority over the devil because Jesus hadn't come to the earth and died on the cross and rose from the dead yet. Jesus took back the authority Adam forfeited to Satan and has given it to believers. It has nothing to do with us, but only the power of his name. And again, even a brand new Christian has authority over the devil. You know, 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Demons should not be feared by a person who is, uh, demons should not be feared by a person who is walking with God, right? Is that, am I saying that right? No, no. no. Um, yeah, right. The demons should not be feared by a person who is walking with God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right? saying it. <laughs> right. I, I, I need a little more coffee this morning, mm. people. <laughs> okay. Well. Yes. Um, yeah, they, they should not be feared by us. We should not be you know, feared by demons if we're walking with God. This doesn't mean a spirit-filled Christian who is obeying God can't get attacked. You know, we are all learning and we all are in a spiritual war, just being on this earth. Right. You know, any of us can get wounded, but we can also stop a lot of what the devil throws at us once we know our authority and use it. And sadly, Bill, you know, an unbeliever or an ignorant Christian can be afflicted or even killed by the devil. That's right. That's right. You know, and the most important step is having this authority in Christ when we have, you know, which as a Christian, we have this authority in Christ is to do what Jesus instructed the apostles to do. Right. He said in Luke 24, 49, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the Holy Spirit teaches, empowers, instructs and comforts us. He is the greatest gift to the body of Christ against any form of spiritual warfare. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.